Start your day. The best day of the week. A football Friday here on the fan. 877-337-6666. Just me and Carlos. Apparently, uh, Fleegs is not here today. That's what I was told. I was told he's, he's sort of here, but he's not here. Carlos is running the ship. That's it. Taking your phone calls, 877-337-6666. All the way to 5 o'clock on our five-hour midnight ride. Until we get to the warm-up show right here on the fan. All right. There is some football. We'll get to it. Knicks, again, reiterate exactly what I said yesterday about how they need their superstars to even win tight games against Washington. We'll get to that, too. But we'll start with the Yankees today because they had... A Zoom conference. First of all, let's just start there. This sucks. All right, I just want to start there. Simply, this sucks. I know we all got comfortable with it since COVID. I understand it's changed the world, but these Zoom press conferences suck. Like what? I, I understand Marcus Stroman's not lighting the world on fire. That his signing isn't making Yankee fans think World Series. We're going to get to it in a second, but. I mean, they went out and traded for Juan Soto on a Zoom. Brian Cashman's literally doing this while he's driving. Brian Cashman at the at the press conference there, whatever you want to call it, he's answering questions. He's driving. I mean, he is literally multitasking through a, a an introductory press conference. Normally, they hand flowers to the the wives. They do all these things. They have a dais. No, no, no. Now we just have Marcus Stroman in his kitchen, and then we have Brian Cashman driving down the road on his way to wherever the hell he's going. Not my house for lunch, despite what many people might can, might uh, misconstrue. So, I mean, I just, I hate this. I hate this. Can we have the actual get in the room, have the thing at Yankee Stadium or something? Like, I just miss those days. It, it so sucks that we've gotten just so easy that you just, whatever the case now, we just put it on Zoom. Who cares? Ah, we'll put it on Zoom. That's like, it feels so lazy. I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. I like the pomp and circumstance. It's part of it. Can you imagine if Cole... In 2019, had a Zoom press conference instead of standing up there, and he had to he had, he had to put that big sign that uh, you know always a Yankee, whatever whatever the sign said. I don't even remember at this point now. But like, if he had to put that over the Zoom, like I'm, I'm I miss those days of having that. But anyway, they did introduce Marcus Stroman, and you know what? <laughs> Clean slate, it's over, right? That's how you know. As much as we might have talked about all this, and listen, it still might rear his ugly head. All the issues he's had, all the stuff on Twitter, going at people, attacking people, getting involved in every conversation, all the stuff we've talked about, all the issues we might still be worried about with Mark and Stroman and the New York Yankees, it's as of right now, it's a clean slate. And you know it's not that big of a deal if it can be wiped away within the first couple of questions of the press conference. 
Like he takes care of the oh, we laughed about it. All the the stuff with Cashman and, and he him and Cashman going back and forth. Like he laughed. Oh, listen, I never really thought it was a big deal. I understood. I was mad a little bit, but then Cashman made sure to reach out and apologize to me. We we were chuckling about it. Oh, you misunderstood? Yeah, I misunderstood. I'm glad I can come and and pitch in front of this fan base and. You know, that's part of it, too. I like the limelight. I want everyone to see what kind of person I am. And he's clearly extremely excited to be a Yankee. And normally, now he's a different guy. He can be a little bit tough to root for. We just prefaced everything that happened on Twitter and all the different maturations of, of his issues with either this fan base or baseball fans or, you know, whomever that he's somehow gotten involved in with one way or another on Twitter uh, or X or Instagram or whatever. But ultimately... I typically like to give the benefit of the doubt to the guys who want to be Yankees. And make no mistake, this kid wants to be a Yankee. Marcus Stroman wants to be a Yankee. Grew up in Long Island. He's always wanted to be a Yankee. Part of the reason he probably clapped back at Cashman is because he was disappointed he wasn't traded to the Yankees. We all know it. He wants to be a Yankee. And I do think he's someone who can thrive underneath the limelight of the pinstripes. And listen, I thought that about Rodon. I'm going to get into him in a second at 877-337-6666. But like, I feel really good. I feel really good that Marcus Stroman can be exactly what the Yankees got him to be. And that is not someone at the top of the rotation. Obviously not with Cole on the team. It's not even someone to be Cole's right-hand man at the number two spot in the rotation. It is someone to take the ball every fifth day, give them a hopefully if he stays healthy, give them a ton of innings and be someone who's going to pitch to what he's normally pitched to at three and a half ERA and be that steady force to stabilize a rotation that has a million question marks in it. A million question marks in it. And for me, the biggest problem with this team and the the most, if we talk about it, I know, you know, BT's talking about it, best team in the American League. I've talked about the idea that I think they're right there as one of the best teams in the American League, but not some, not, not clearly better than the Astros. Not and certainly until they beat the Astros, I don't care what the what the actual roster says. Particularly in December and January, until they beat the Astros, how can you possibly say they're better than them? And then the not better than the Texas Rangers, not necessarily. I mean, not better than the Baltimore Orioles necessarily, but they are right there with them and could be if everything goes right. Right. That's but and the main reason I feel that way is the starting rotation and the amount of question marks this starting rotation has. So we know what's what Marcus Stroman is. Marcus Stroman is someone that they pivoted to after they lost out on Yamamoto, after the idea that Snell was too expensive, after the idea that some of these trade uh, pieces, whether it be Burns or or, or uh, Bieber or, or whomever, Lazardo with Miami, whatever the case may be, the Yankees never felt comfortable Making that move, paying that much for Snell, paying that much for Montgomery, the asking price for Montgomery, not paying for, you know, whomever, or not trading and giving up pieces for, for Dylan Cease. They've been uncomfortable. They were willing to be uncomfortable for one player, and that was Yamamoto. And besides that, they are not comfortable. And ultimately, Marcus Stroman, going to be a good piece. I think Marcus Stroman is going to thrive in, this, in the bright lights of New York. I think he does welcome it. I think he'll be exactly what they're paying him to be, which is a stabilizing force and someone you can count on, but not necessarily be the guy who takes this team and this rotation from being run-of-the-mill, good enough to be a playoff team, to being a force and a danger inside this American League. And the lineup can be, right? I think the lineup can be. 
Obviously, uh, Strowman said in the press conference that Soto's the greatest hitter he's ever faced. I mean, I, I'm sure someone's going to tweak that into, what do you mean? You know, Judge happens to own him, too. Judge has tremendous numbers against Marcus Stroman. So I'm sure it's part of it. Oh, are you going to say that? You're going to go walk in? You're going to have to see the captain, and then suddenly Soto's better. Someone will twist those words around. But the idea that they've made the changes to the, to the lineup, I do think the lineup can be one of the better lineups in baseball as long as Soto is Soto, Judge is healthy. With the, uh, I, I do believe the difference they've made in the lineup with Verdugo, and I, I fully believe Torres is still going to be the hitter he was and the guy I was screaming about yesterday about being snubbed as one of the top 10 second basemen in the league. All that, the lineup is good, but this rotation, and if you had any interest in the Yankees furthering this rotation or recognizing that, this conference with Brian Cashman, for me, was over in the first answer. I didn't need to go any further than the first answer Brian Cashman gave to understand exactly where the Yankees are. And the first question he was asked was, where do you feel this rotation is with the New York Yankees? And this was his answer. I think we have a good rotation if everything goes right, which you know you know, is something you don't want to count on and, and uh, lay back. Uh, counting on, so we will constantly continue to look and tinker if possible, And uh, but we do like what we have at the same time. Oh, you like what you have, do you? So what do you think you should, you know, do moving forward? If we can run into some opportunities that that uh, that make enough sense, you know, uh, it's a possibility, but, but otherwise, we do like what we have. Yeah, okay. Right there, first thing he says. The first thing he says is the same thing I've said, the same thing every talking head at the station has said, everything everyone has said. The one thing I'll give Cashman is he is as honest as they come, right? I got on Stearns the other day. I don't know if Stearns is being completely honest with you. I think on some level he believes it, but like firm footing, we expect this team to be a playoff team. I don't know. I don't know. But I know Brian Cashman is honest when he tells you, I think we have a good rotation if everything works out. That's literally what he just said. And then he said, well, listen, if something falls in our lap, maybe we'll do something. Nothing else is coming. This year, that's supposed to be all in. This year that we were told after last year, after Rodon, we weren't done. This year, we're all in. They trade for Juan Soto. Everything's about this year. And the introductory press conference for Marcus Stroman is the one addition that they are going to make to this rotation. We talked about the money and where the, the threshold is already with the team. They're at $300 million. Every penny spent after this is going to be doubled via the tax. They are not, have no misconceptions. Let's just make it clear today, right now. The Yankees are done adding to the rotation. And Brian Cashman told you as much. He also told you that he's uncomfortable with where the rotation is. And the Yankees, it's tough to do both right now, and that's why I'm disappointed in the Yankees. Under different circumstances, under another year, but coming off this season, coming off this miserable year, the worst in my memory as a 40-year-old Yankee fan, coming off that season to go out there and then trade for Juan Soto for possibly one year, Give up a Michael King, who at the end of the year looked like he could have been that number two we're searching for right now. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it. Bravo. Do it. Go get Juan Soto. But he's one year. And you're going to enter free agency next year with, who knows, obviously the talk of what Steve Cohen will maybe be willing to do in 2025. 
and the money he has and the Yankees fully already admitting who, who knows who can compete with Steve Cohen, he might be willing to give him money. Hell, every of the Dodgers figure out a way to give money. And then there might just be a team you don't know. They might lose Juan Soto next year. This was supposed to be the all-in year. So I have to admit, and I love Brian Cashman, right? And I love the New York Yankees. Well, hear me loud and hear me clear. The idea that Brian Cashman, in the first answer of the press conference uh, yesterday for Strowman, said these two things. One, I'm uncomfortable with the rotation. It could be good. I mean, we like what we have. But everything would have to work out for it to be a good rotation. And you really can't count on those things. And then to follow it up with, well, listen, you never know. If something falls in our lap, we, if something unexpected comes along, maybe we could do something. In other words, I'm uncomfortable with the rotation we're going to head into this season with. And that, for me, on a year where we're supposed to be out there trying to make sure this is the year to justify trading for Juan Soto, to go out there and say we are no longer the 82-win Yankees. We are a World Series contender. We're not just good enough to make the playoffs in now a new MLB where the playoffs are easily attained. We are not just one of the teams inside the American League. We are the force. We are the evil empire. We are the team you have to come through if you want to get to the World Series. And on that year, where it's painfully obviously it needed to be that type of year, the Yankees aren't comfortable with the rotation they have, and they're going to do nothing about it. And that, to me, is unacceptable. As much as I might think, as of right now, they are good enough to make a postseason, and I'll argue all day with anyone who does who wants to call it a crap. It's a crapshoot. And they are good enough to win the World Series. I firmly believe that. And there's the trade deadline, and they'll they'll talk about that till kingdom come, that they're never done adjusting the team. They're never done building the team. The roster is never complete until you get past the, the trade deadline. And I fully expect them on some level to be involved in that market. But we know the trade deadline is not what it used to be. With the added playoffs, with all the revenue sharing, there are more teams than ever who believe they're in on it. There are more teams than ever who want to chase it. We saw it last year. We saw it last year where Bellinger was the perfect fit for the New York Yankees, and they went into the season saying, we don't necessarily need a left fielder. I mean, we're not comfortable. It's almost verbatim. The, the rotation right now feels like left field last year. Where, hey, let's see what Cabrera and Hicks can be. I still have confidence in Hicks. Uh, Cabrera was really great for us down the stretch of the season. We'll start there. If need be, we'll attack that at the trade deadline. And then... Not many guys emerged. Reynolds signs a long-term deal with the Pirates. And then the Cubs pulled back Bellinger because they got hot right at the wrong time and said, what the hell, we'll chase a, a playoff spot because you know what? It's a crapshoot, and the Arizona Diamondbacks can make it to the World Series, so why not us? So who knows? Yeah, there may be more names that emerge that aren't available right now. So I'm not saying it's impossible to improve the rotation of the trade deadline, but this wasn't the year to go into it hoping you can do it there. So that was it. That's the, that's all I needed to hear from Brian Cashman. That's all I needed to hear because I, I think they'll add pieces to the bullpen. And the one thing I trust about the Yankees is building a bullpen. Right? That's the one thing they have done consistently for years. They'll find arms we've never heard of. They'll bring in guys. They'll bring in sinker slider guys in particular. And Matt Blake will work his magic. And they'll be far better than we thought they could have been. I mean, I'm still a little concerned about the, the closer role 
It, uh, I do think Clay, uh, Clay Holmes is an excellent pitcher. I do. I think he could be a dominant force, but he has his moments. We all know it. And he would scare me in the big game. Until he proves that he he's he, he can do it, I'm nervous about it. But I think they can figure that out. I don't need a $100 million closer. I don't. But right now with this rotation, it's just not – it's too many question marks. It's too many question marks. And the biggest one being Carlos Rodon, who they addressed in the press conference as well, and he talked about he voluntarily showed up to uh, camp early and he's already working out. I mean, this guy last year who said all the same things Stroman said about reveling in the pressure and loves the fact that the fan base boos and loves the fact that the fan base is so on top of you and loves the fact how intelligent and smart the fan base is and how much they expect from you. Said all the right things. Then dealt with this, uh, an arm issue and a back issue that kept him out almost more than half the year, and then he was awful. That's the guy that this entire season is pinned on. If Rodon reverts back to what he was two years ago, the Yankees are the dangerous force I'm talking about. Because Cole and a, a vintage Rodon is as good as any one-two punch in baseball. That's how good he was before they signed him. Which, with the, his last year with the White Sox and his first year with, with, with San Francisco, you are talking about a guy who led the league in strikeouts per nine, a guy who led the league in swing and misses. I mean, this is a guy who's a dominant pitcher. And if you have him and Cole back-to-back, then I feel better about the question marks of Nestor Cortez and maybe a question mark of Clark Schmidt. But the idea that I have to rely my entire season and what I feel about whether or not this team can be a Super uh, a Super Bowl, a World Series like fixture and a team that I expect to be in the World Series or just a team I hope can compete to be a playoff team is hung on the balance of a pitcher who last year not only was hurt, not only didn't pitch well, but seemed to be impacted by the New York market he claimed he embraced. That's a lot to overlook, to hang the balance of a season. So that's where we are at the New York Yankees. This rotation, the last piece that's going to be added in this offseason was introduced today. And I feel good about him. I think it's a great bargain. I think it's a great contract. And I feel pretty comfortable he'll be a really, really lock-solid number four or a pretty good three. But that doesn't change the Yankees into what they need to transform into, which is the best team in the American League. It just makes them one of the teams in the American League. And that's not good enough when you're hanging your hat on the idea of winning a championship with Juan Soto because you might have just traded away all your pitching depth for one year of the man. Just not good enough. 877-337-6666. We'll open up with some baseball and some Yankee talk. Again, Knicks with a a tight win against Washington. And, of course, Brunson is an absolute stud in the fourth quarter and carries this team, but... How many days can he do it? I mean, that's what you have, right? You have a guy who carries the team and won't let you lose, but you got to figure out a way to get some bench pieces where it doesn't have to be this just to beat Washington. Sloppy game, a lot of turnovers, but in the end, the the Knicks superstars, namely Brunson, would not allow them to lose the game, so we got some Knicks to talk about. Obviously, Divisional uh, play weekend, a bunch of good games, including what probably is the game of the year, Kansas City-Buffalo. I look forward to talking with that. So we got a lot to get to, plenty of time to do it. And it takes a knee, and the New York Giants 
are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. They knocked off the mighty Patriots 17 to 14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Let's have some fun here on this Friday morning. I'm pumped. I'm looking forward to the games, man. I really am. I'm looking forward to the Yankees season. I'm looking forward to be proven wrong and that this rotation is going to be just aces. But I'm, uh, you know, I'm very, I'm down on the rotation. I wanted it to be better. I like Stroman as far as pitching goes. And I think the other stuff, it blo- it's over now. It's already over. It's a clean slate. If, if if moving forward he does more dumb stuff, then it will be right back in, in in the you know the Yankee fan lexicon or whatever. It'll be an issue, but I mean he looks so happy. I mean I, he was smiling throughout the whole thing. I thought he had a br- a great press conference. I thought he had a really good press conference. He talked, you know, he cleared the thing up with Cash. He cleared some of the stuff up. He wasn't. I listened to the whole thing a little bit. I was I was dozing and I was like half asleep when it w- was on. And then I went back and watched it again. I didn't hear him like directly asked about getting into it with people on Twitter necessarily, but he was asked a couple of different ways about the perception of him, which is based on him going at people on Twitter. And, you know, I thought he answered the questions all right, and I think it's over. That's how, to me, that's how you know it's really not that big a deal. It was answered within a couple of questions of his introductory press conference. And now it's just how good is he going to be? And how much can he help the Yankees? Which is always what it's about. Everything else is noise. Some of it louder than other. Some of it more meaningful or more serious than others. But ultimately, how is he going to pitch? And I honestly firmly believe that he's going to pitch pretty well. I think he's going to pitch to his baseball card, which is an above-average pitcher. It's an above-average Major League starter. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't do it for me. It's not enough to make me feel like, you know, this rotation now is in a good spot. There's too many, there's just, it's Cole. And yeah, Stroman last year had some injuries. But I still think I expect him to throw, you know, for the most part, 160, 170 innings if he can. But, and and they'll be good. But Nesta Cortez is a big question mark. And Clark Schmidt at the back of the rotation, I feel okay about. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's okay. It's just okay. 877. 6666, and that's why Rodon and then the other guy is Stanton. Those are the two big linchpins for me for the whole year. I feel better about the lineup, even if Stanton isn't great. But if Stanton reverts back to what he was in any level, like if Stanton gets, if Stanton stops being a 205 hitter and goes back to being a 250, 260 hitter, and he hits 35 home runs, drives in 100 and hits 250, 260, the middle of that lineup is devastating. Judge Soto Stanton is scary if if Stanton reverts back. And I know he's he's lost a little bit of weight, which cracks me up. Like Rodon, I get. Like and both of them have lost weight. Rodon's in there early. There's the picture on social media of Rodon pushing a baby carriage. He looks slimmer. I saw Justin Shackle, obviously, uh has the Yankee podcast with David Cohen, also obviously here works at the station, uh post game for the Yankee broadcast here on the radio side on WFAN. And he mentioned that he saw Rodon looked slimmer. That one 
is impactful because he's got back issues. So anytime you can lose weight and be as 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 light as possible on your back, the better off. But like the idea that there's a picture of Stanton out there circulating and he's slimmer, you know, it cracks me up. The guy's an Adonis. What do you have? Two percent body fat? Like it's not like the you know we always talk about who shows up in great shape, and then there's there's rumors of guys who don't show up in great shape. Like 2020, when the season started in July, rumor was Glaber Torres didn't show up in good shape. Last year, I think there was a little bit of a thought that uh, Nestor Cortez didn't show up in great shape. He pulled his hamstring. It was kind of like, it was almost like, did he really get hurt? Or does he just need more time because he wasn't in great shape? Like, that was, I don't know that to be 100% true, but that was kind of the thought. And then he ends up getting hurt. But, like, Stanton rolls into every spring training right off a Ralph Lauren underwear model shoot. He's doing Calvin Klein, and I mean, he's a he's an Adonis. He he has zero body fat. Now, is he just going to lose muscle? Like he's going to change his body shape and do more Pilates instead of lifting to to get into better, you know, muscle shape so he can not try and pull so many muscles or whatever. I suppose, but like that's not his problem. His problem isn't being in, he's in incredible shape. So it's we'll see, but he needs to get revert back. And if he does, and Rodon does. Now the Yankees are the best team in the American League. So I'll tell you within a month how we feel about those two guys. 877-337-6666. Let's go to the calls. Ray in Brooklyn. What's up, Ray? Hey, see Mac, my Yankees guy. How you doing Let's today? Let's go. Bro? I'm doing great, Ray. Yeah. How are you? Awesome. I'm good, too, man. Listen, if you let me get a quick Knicks one afterwards, B94. Um, if you let me get a quick Knicks one because you brought them up, I greatly appreciate it. Um. As far as far as the Yankees are concerned, C Mac, yes. um, I'm like you. I when I speak to you in the spring and summer about the Yankees, um, I'm not one of these uh un, you know, irrational Yankee fans that, that hate, hate you yeah. know, every single thing that that um, you know, what's his face does, Ryan Cashman. You know, if he, you know, reason, within reason. If he does something dumb, sure. then you know, we'll we'll objectively say what we have to say. So I'm more like you in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Now as far as What's going on now? Um, I, I I am disappointed with the Yankees. I'm I'm somewhat happy. You know, it's like a mixed bag. I'm a little bit happy with what they did. They added contact um to the lineup with the guy from Boston and and of course Soto. You know, it gives more balance and everything to the lineup, which is what what we've been missing. They're lefty. You know, we can. Oh do no doubt, he, he you couldn't you couldn't have uh, built a more perfect hitter for exactly what the Yankees needed. Juan Soto. You, if he fits them and and fills the hole perfect, he's exactly what they needed, and he's one of the best hitters in 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 baseball, and he's one of the best, you know, nineteen year old and young. He's off to one of the best early starts of a career in in MLB history. So he's a perfect yeah. fit. He he changes the lineup, no doubt. No question, C Mac. And you know what? It's a little bit under the radar adding Verdugo too. I know yeah. he's not like a huge name or anything like that, but. He is exponentially better than what we had in left field. So that's a huge, a vast improvement yep. that's going under the radar. Yep. So it's good. Look, we're going to have a balanced, a balanced lineup. We're going to produce. If LeMayhew and the other guys that have been disappointing just give you what they gave you last year, we're much improved just with yeah. those two additions. Now, as far as, like, um, the rotation, this is where I, you know, I do get a little bit on Cashman, but objectively and reasonably, right? So... He can't have it both ways. If he didn't want to spend the money on a big name um, pitcher like uh, like Snell, you know, if he didn't want to give him two hundred, he go for one fifty, which I think was pretty fair anyway. But if he doesn't want to go, yeah, if he don't want to go above and beyond C Mac, um, so then you know, go after the best value, which is 
Trevor Bauer, and let me get to what I'm about to say, right? Look, the Yankees have been no strangers to circus with A-Rod, Giambi, Herman, and a couple other guys. But what the Yankees have been telling us, Cashman included, over his tenure is that, you know, uh, it's about winning. So we're going to sign a guy who allegedly shot at his wife anyway in Chapman and deal with all the other guys that I mentioned. So if that's the case, let's just deal with Whatever we have to deal with, or with, you know, with Trevor Bauer, I mean, he's an easy number two. We wouldn't even have to worry about how fat um, the other guy is, right? So, like, you know, if it's, if it's I don't think Rodon's issue is his weight, it. but he's in better shape. Um, yeah, no, listen, uh, I hear you, Ray, and I and I've called Stroman the best value of any signing in the in the off season so far. Which, by the way, still needs to do about a million. I mean, mean, mean. Every time me and Fleet talk about it, we just are beside ourselves at the idea that it's, you know, we're less than a month away from pitchers and catchers, and like the biggest news of the day is that the best two relievers uh, are actually people are actually talking to them. Like nothing is happening. It is the worst off season ever, and that's probably hyperbole, but it feels like that. It just feels like the most drawn out, boring, nothing going on. I mean, from 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 the beginning of it, when uh, when Otani didn't give us anything, like we had no idea what was going on with him. This whole, I mean, the Soto sweepstakes for about five days was fun as a Yankee fan. Like that is it. And the Yama, even the Yamamoto thing got boring, and it was just a bunch of people telling us a million different things every single day. It was so stupid. This offseason has been horrible. If, if Major League Baseball wants to work on the pitch clock and all that stuff, work on figuring out a way to shorten up this offseason because nobody cares. Like, you, you lose so much interest. It's killing the offseason. They have no offseason. No, no one's excited for it. Like, football, you're waiting. That first day of the offseason, boom, 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 boom. There's like a million signings. No one cares about the baseball offseason. It needs dramatic help. They have to figure out a way to condense the time that people sign. But I just went off on a tangent there. But, yeah, I mean, Bauer is – I mentioned – so I so I mentioned that that Strowman's the best value almost of the entire free agency. That's how good the contract is for what you get. There is no question that would be beat by anyone who signs Bauer. That There's no question because he's going to get a one-year deal for – I don't even know. I don't even know what he's going to get. I don't even know what he would take. $10 million for a guy who's won a Cy Young – Throws 99 miles an hour and is probably one of the masters of his craft in the world. Like a guy who understands pitching at a different level, a coal-like level. That would be the biggest bargain value for, uh, you know, actual on-the-field value for money value. Without question, that overtakes Stroman. That's the biggest value whoever goes out and gets him. But is it worth all the other stuff that comes with it? I don't know. It's an impossible question to ask. Uh, answer, excuse me. It's really it's a difficult question to answer. Well, what I would tell you is, if he signs with the Yankees, I will talk. I will probably talk myself into he deserves a second chance. He has not been found criminally liable or personally liable for anything. I don't even think charges were brought against him. He was he was sued civilly and he did not have to give a dollar. I mean, people sue for anything. These days and get some money. He got. He didn't have to give a dollar. There's been evidence that he's been set. He was like kind of set up on this thing. But then there's a little. There's some evidence that he did things I wouldn't have done. He came on to the the radio himself and said he made mistakes in the situation. So 
I mean, it is he deserves a second chance. I, it's hard not to say that, but it's also a little hard to say, but with my team. So if he signs with the Yankees, I it I talk myself into, hey, he deserves a second chance. You honestly believe that? And why not here? Why why does it have to be somewhere else? But at the same time, am I clamoring for the Yankees to go get him? I'm not. I'm not. It's a for me. It's a it's one of the, I know you know sports radio. I should have a strong opinion. That's one that I'm down the middle on. I I really don't know how I would feel about it. I would feel like you're getting one hell of a pitcher for probably an excellent price. And I am all in on on 2024. I am all in on 2024. I just especially with the element of Cole and their relationship, it just it feels like it's not a fit for the New York Yankees. But I agree with you on the other stuff, and they built the team with a little bit of attitude. I heard. Uh, Susan Waldman on today with Evan Roberts, and she was talking about how much she loves Marcus Stroman, and she loves the attitude, and she she doesn't need everyone to sing Kumbaya, and they've done that. Let's be fair, and they've tried that before. There have been different guys. Obviously, the, uh, two years ago they tried it with Donaldson, and it was an absolute failure. Not necessarily his attitude in the clubhouse; his he was just awful. He completely lost it all at once. Uh, his play on the field was terrible and, and was uh, you know, atrocious, but I don't think anything. There was any problems in the room with him, and I do respect and I do love. I think the the Yankees right now have a good culture, and I think they have good leadership. I think Cole, Judge, Rizzo, not necessarily in that order, but those three guys are the leaders of the team for me, and I think it would be very difficult. And even Stroman said it in the press conference. Stroman said, "Like, look, I don't know." Uh, about when asked about the kind of person he is and how he's misunderstood, he's like, I don't think Boone, Judge, and Cole would be on board with this if they thought I was a bad guy. And I think there's some level of that. There's also some level of I think they think they can keep anybody in line. Not only is Judge the captain of the team, not only is Judge one of the best players in baseball, if not the best player in baseball, and the face of the league, this side of Otani, he's also six foot thirty-five. I mean, he's an imposing figure. I don't think Marcus Stroman, who sits probably at what five eight, five nine, like there's just something about when he walks into the room, like it's 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 very much Bilbo Baggins. Do not do not ex, uh, exchange me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. That's a uh, Lord of the Rings reference. I hope you all got it. Probably not. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty. You got it. Yeah, do not confuse me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. I'm not trying to rob you. I'm trying to help you. Love Lord of the Rings. Love that Gandalf. I almost got a Gandalf tattoo. That's how crazy I was at the time. Thankfully, I I rethought that one. Uh, Bruce and Flushing, what's up, Bruce? Hey, Chris. Yankees, Giants, Rangers. Okay, Yankees, Giants, Rangers. First on Yankees. Yes. With all due respect, Brian Cashman is not always honest. Because I remember an off-season when he said Bubba Crosby will be the <laughs> Yankees st- starting center fielder, and a week or two later he brought in somebody. So, I he mean, brought in Johnny Damon. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, he's a general manager who's not going to always tell the truth. That's obvious. Now, no, I read pretty, something. He's pretty, he's pretty honest. Pretty honest. That's a good, I mean, I guess I, nobody believed it at the time he was. I don't remember exactly how he put it. That's a decent... That's a decent poll of him being maybe a little bit 
uh, liberal with the truth, but for the most part, I, uh, Brian Cashman tells you how it is, and he talks. Right. He talks but, more than almost any other gen- general manager, uh, certainly in this town. That's for sure. Right. For the most part, he's honest, but when he said that, as you said, nobody believed him, and I don't believe that he's not going to add a starting pitcher. Okay. I think he, I think he's waiting for the prices to go down. Plus the fact I saw an item on MLB um, online where Mark Feinstein said that the Marlins are looking are op- more open to training one of their pitchers. Yeah. I, and I think that's the team he's targeting. And I'll also add, because the Yankees have a lot of super uber prospects down in the lower minors, yeah. guys like Roderick Ar- Ar- Arias, guys like Henry Lalon, who throws like 98 miles an hour. There's another pitcher who throws 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I would not be surprised if they expand the deal and and, and include um, Arias, the second Arise, baseman. Yeah. Yeah, because they were talking, mentioning Miami might trade him also. Yeah, that, now, he, they, they were rumored to trade him. And yeah, and how about that Yankee farm system that everybody knocks? They're, I think they're tied uh, for the most uh, prospects inside the top 100. They've got a, they've got a solid farm system in the New York Yankees. Six, six prospects in the top Six prospects 100. in the top 100, which is the same. No other team has more. Yeah. So I would not be surprised if, that, if something happens either before spring training or during spring training. Yeah, I, th- I think th- they're done, but I hear you. I hear you. I hope, I hope you're right and I'm wrong because I, I think the rotation could use another piece. All right. On the Giants, did you happen to listen to the um, afternoon show around 5 to 6 today? Uh, at different times I did, yeah. I actually was in my car right around there. I was taking my son, my son to uh, Taekwondo. Th- they were t- they were talking about and I checked online where the Reddit website for the Giants was saying how th- how the Giants and the Bears have talked parameters of of trading for the number one pick. Uh, I did not hear that. Um, I would be I would be so thrilled. I-, I can't tell you how excited I would be. I I would be beside myself if, if, if that's the case. If they trade for the first overall pick, which is, by the way, if that is true, uh, that's 100% what I want them to do. I want to trade up for number one. without. Qu- I would give anything. I, don't, I, I almost don't care what you have to give up. I would give what? up anything. On the website a couple of days ago, I saw a proposed trade. I don't know if the guy was just you know, no, those guys on Reddit are extremely, extremely reputable. I'm sure if it was written on Reddit, it's 100% no, accurate. The, the proposal that I read was on a different website. Oh, okay. And wa- I want to get your reaction yeah. to this trade. You tag uh, Sequan Barkley right. and, and use the franchise tag yeah. and trade him. Okay. You trade your number one this year, of course. your number two this year, uh-huh. your number one next year, right. and your number two next year. Saquon Barkley... Two number ones and two number twos. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And it yeah. might have been a, okay. a third round would, pick thrown in, too. Yeah, okay. Throw in, throw in two, three. Th- uh, yes. No, one, it was a one, three. But yeah, another three. Throw them in there. Yeah, fine. Done. 100%. Wouldn't think twice. Lock it up. I'll drive Saquon myself down to Chicago. That's, that's yeah. Two two number ones, two number twos, Saquon Barkley. Done. 100%. Done. Okay. Okay. Right. I, I thought I would do that, too, but I wanted to get hundred percent. I would okay. absolutely I, I, do that. I, I mean, I and if you're including, and let me just be clear, the other number one is the swap. So they're getting the six, next year's one, and then this year's. So it's really only one number one. I mean, because they're getting, you know, it's it's exchanging first-round picks this year. No, it's not a swap. It's 
It's two number ones. We're not getting their number one. It's what do you mean basic, we're not getting their number one? Then how are we moving up to number one and picking number no, one? No, no, I'm saying we're getting their number one this year, but not next year's. Right, I understand that, but they're getting. You would say they're getting this year's number one, so the sixth pick, and then next year's number one. So that's yeah. really it's really only one number one, is what I'm saying. Right, true. Um, because the other one's a swap, six for one. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. We'll do that in a second. In a second. Okay, I, I figured you would. Now, I got to figure out. I guess you you can you franchise tag them and trade them. Yeah, I think so. I guess you could, right? Then, but then, then the they would have to use them. I don't. You. I think they, then, then, then Barkley would have to work out a contract with the Bears. Right. Right. I guess. Yeah. No. Listen, that would be a hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know if they would do that. I don't know if they'd be interested in Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's he's a good running back, but there's no, uh, you know, a one year deal with Saquon Barkley. I, I I mean, I guess they can just get him in free agency, probably. But okay, all right. I'm 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 more than open to that prospect. That's a hundred percent locking in. Okay, on the Rangers. Yes. With the injury to Cheadle. Yeah. They yeah. have to go out and 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 get an, another another center now. There's a problem because if he come back, if he comes back too soon, they can't use his money. And since that injury is so dangerous, plus the fact this is a guy who's had four or five concussions yeah. already, and you don't want him to end up like Michael Sauer did, where he, his career was over yeah. at 24, I would tell him, listen, we want to be careful with you. Wait, if you want to come back, fine. Wait until the playoffs, and then they can. He can be playing the playoffs. That's what the Tampa Bay did with one of their players. A yeah, I mean years that's ago. a that's a that's a that's a tough ass, Bruce. I mean now you want to you want to just bring him in, have him be cold, not play all year long, and then introduce him into the playoffs. How could you trust him on the ice? Like, I mean, I wouldn't. I'd feel uncomfortable playing a player who hasn't played all year. Suddenly, oh, we're going to put him in the playoffs. I mean, I I guess, but man, you know, he's had multiple concussions. Uh, there was some thought. That his his career could be in jeopardy. It's serious. So they do need to add some depth. There's no question about it. They they've struggled five on five. They got beat tonight five to one. Again, Igor Igor's a problem. Now I, I I'm sure I, I didn't get a chance to watch all the game. I was traveling in when it started. Then I'm working on my open while it's in the background. I just started the show at the at the end. It was four nothing already. I'll be honest. I didn't see a ton of the game. I did see one of the goals to make it four nothing, and it looked like it was a uh, uh, power play and a you know a, a pass to a centered pass that was probably a tough save to make, but you know I was talking. Uh, I'm seeing from a, a couple of my my good buddies who are Ranger fan Ranger fans. I was seeing Monzo tweet about it. Like he's a problem. Igor's a bit of a problem here. I don't like the body language I've seen sometimes. I don't like the inconsistencies. Uh, I saw the. I think the first goal was from a short from a, a a short angle that I was surprised got through. Like he's just not been the same goalie, and I'm not saying the defense has been great in front of him, but I we talk about him like he's the best goalie in the league, and the and the and the Ranger fans fall back on the idea that hey you know you get into a playoff series you got Igor. Well, Igor is not Igor right now, and it's too inconsistent. And this team, to add to your point about the depth. Like the the bottom six, they got a couple goals uh, from Gustafson. They got a couple goals from Wheeler and Gustafson uh, the other night. That you know was the first time in forever. But ultimately, that that bottom six has done nothing as as far as scoring. Nothing. 
Now they have Panarin, they have Zabanajad, they have Zabanajad, they have I always say Zabinajad, Zabanajad, and they have obviously um, Kreider, who's let's be honest, he gets goals in front of the net. I mean that's what that's what Kreider does. Kreider stands in front of the nets and gets a lot of deflections, but he scores a lot of goals. He's a, he's an all time Ranger. I totally agree, but I don't know how much I, I saw Larry Brooks mention this, and, and when he wrote it, it kind of resonated with me that I love Kreider, but ultimately his game is kind of limited. He scores a lot of goals up front, gets a lot of rebounds, strong as hell, but not much of a playmaker. You know, just he's like a bulldog in front of the net who gets a lot of goals, which is important. Uh, but really the playmakers are Panarin and Zibanejad, and that's really the only scoring you've gotten from that line, and, and Lafonniere has kind of had a, a bounce back year when there was some worry about him, but as good as they are, they've been living off the power play, and that's what scares me about the team. They haven't done they haven't done that well five on five. If they don't score goals on the power play, they lose, and that's why they struggled during that four or five game losing streak. They were struggling on the power play. Mix in the inconsistencies of Igor and the almost no production from the bottom two lines, and that's why that's why you you know you get a, a team that as good as we all think they are and is. Good as they've been, and the early start they really got off to, and the idea that Panarin's playing like one of the playing like the best player in the in the world right now at times—that's how good he is. But they're top heavy, and I'm concerned about the goalie. And come playoff time, you know, only scoring on the power play is not going to cut it. So I mean, as and as much as we point to them as the one team that can win a championship for this city, who's the who's that next team that can win a champion championship for this city? We all say the Rangers. We all say the Rangers. They're in first place, but they do. I think they do have to add some depth to this team. They're going to have to do something. I'm concerned. Vic in Jersey. What's up, Vic? What's up, C-Mac? Hey, when they picked up Jonathan Quick in the offseason, I, I said, what are they doing? And now, you know, Shisterkin being as shaky as, he, shaky as he is, Quick is the better goaltender. It's He's been more consistent. It's, you know, the, when, when they lose 5-1, when they give up six goals, it's very rarely been Quick. It's it's Igor in there now. Again, not every goal is his fault. I understand that, but I agree. Yeah. Quick, quick has been more consistent. You feel you feel like you're going to get a, a, a you know a pretty good game out of Quick. Now there'll be the games you know like the other night where it's like, man, Igor is brilliant, and you know he's yeah. But the, he's just been a little shaky, man. I, he's concerning me, and the the defense yeah. concerns me, and their lack of scoring both at the the bottom of the 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 bottom two lines and. Uh, without being on the power play on five and five, it's it's starting to scare me as you really start to watch this team and get into the season and move past that like incredible start. And now you're in the the middle of this season and you watch the team on a nightly basis. There are things that concern me about this Rangers team. Yeah, and then look, people say in baseball it's only April, but you know yeah. the Rangers won coming out of the gate. Normally now we'd be like, oh man, we got to win out. Or we're not going to make the playoffs, right? You know, oh, I'd much rather position. be in this place where they have the 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 luxury of figuring this out with a, with a cushion. Totally agree, totally agree. Yep. And 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 I hope Igor kind of snaps into it, which I think is more than possible. But I'm not sure what it is. And I know a couple of people, like I said, my 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 buddy Monzo thinks that there's some sort of um, you know lack of fire that he's he he loves playing goalie, but he doesn't necessarily love to win. And that, you know, yeah. if, you know, like there's the feeling like he's okay with winning or losing. There's not that he lives and dies with it, which, I mean, I I don't know if I feel that way just yet. I'm just concerned with the way he's playing. 
Yeah, I hear you. Fun fact about Panarin before I go. Uh, yeah. He's an undrafted player. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, Panarin was undrafted. Yes. Yeah. He was undrafted. But um, Shesterkin, maybe a coaching change. Maybe they changed some coaches. I don't know. Yeah, but, I, I don't know. It's And again, it's not like he's been flat out terrible. Uh, he's had, you know, he had that stretch. He's an all-star. He's had the stretch of, of playing, you know, relatively well. And then there are games where he's where he is that dominant force you were, you were getting used to over the last couple of years, and particularly two years ago. And that's really what, like, it's funny because Lundqvist pretty much was the same goalie every single year. He was that solid goalie um, who was, you know, he had the one year. He had the, how many Vezinas did he win? One or two? But he had... You know, a year or two where we was better than the other, but it was pretty much you got consistent play. You knew the play you were going to get in the postseason. Um, you know, he struggled against certain teams. He struggled against Montreal. He would have his issues. But Igor's kind of been up and down where, I mean, that two years ago when he won the Vesna, I, I mean, he was better than anything Hank's ever thrown out there. Like, that's, he was that good where it was like, holy. I mean, they got the best goalie in the league on their hands. And since then, he's just been pretty good. And shown glimpses of that, but also shown glimpses of a, of a guy who's just not that. And he started off that Pittsburgh series a couple of years ago in the postseason where he was really off. And, you know, I'm I'm concerned about him. I'm just concerned about him. He's not if – you, if you want to rely on the idea that they have one of the best goalies in the sport, that I don't know if you can just rely on that because I don't know if he's been that on a nightly basis. So you get into a playoff series and suddenly, you know, the whistles are a little tighter. You don't go on as many power plays. Maybe the power play goes cold for the first two games of a postseason series. And now you've got a team that doesn't score unless they're on the power play. Now you've got a team that doesn't really get much production from the bottom six. And now you've got a team where you don't necessarily trust your goalie every night. And suddenly, this Rangers team that's supposed to be the best opportunity for a championship seems like it could be an early out in the postseason, which we see almost every year in the NHL. Right, the number one seed, or you know, a top team that's you know somehow figures out a way to lose. Boston last year is the perfect example. The Bruins had the greatest regular season in the history of regular seasons, and then right, Toronto a couple years ago, not Toronto, uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had that incredible regular season. They got swept by the Blue Jackets. Like that's I don't want to see that. And right now. You know, we all know how important special teams are in the in the playoffs and how important the power play is, but it can't be the only thing you rely on. And right now it's quite clear that the, the Rangers can't rely on their goalie either. 877-337-6666. Again, the Knicks win a tight one against the lousy Washington Wizards, and it took a 40-point performance from Brunson. We could t- uh, we'll uh, get into that. Also, McCarthy, uh, obviously still in... The head coach in Dallas gave a press conference and said one of the more ridiculous statements I've ever heard. And we're still getting a ton of reaction from people, and I don't get it. Because I'll quite honestly, if you think Jerry Jones doesn't care about winning because he's keeping this coach, I disagree with you. I think the exact opposite. 